What up, Fantasy Kingdom? Welcome to the Fantasy Kings podcast. I am your host, the Peas, joined as always by my co-host, Kalito, and our special guest for the night, and most likely for a lot of episodes in the is going to be our EP, our executive producer, the one and only Beep Count. What's going on, fellas? How you doing tonight? What's going on, Peasy? How you doing? How you doing, Beep Count? You know, boys, it is, uh, it's good to see you, and it's good to be seen by you, actually. I, I, I think this is the first on-camera appearance that I've had with you guys. So I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, we, are, we got a great episode. It's a good episode for you to be on. Uh, you know, we're... This is the first time we're not coming to you from our studio because now that we've got the games going, there you know we gotta we gotta we gotta switch up our plan. We gotta go to our uh, we gotta go to a little no huddle. So get, yeah, yeah, no huddle. A little so audible. Get these videos out in time for uh, for the for the for the kingdom. We're doing it for the kingdom. So that's why we're here. That's how we got it going down. And uh, so tonight we got a great episode. We're going to be going over last week, you know, what happened. We're also going to be talking about some waiver wire pickups and, you know, overall strategies headed into week two. So let's get into it. Colleen, who do you have for uh, your quarterback king last week? Who really showed out and impressed you? Um, I'm going to start with Mac Jones kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I think some people know that he has the tools and the skill set, and that some games he can just pop, but most of the games, he's not consistent like that. I don't know if it's just the new offensive coordinator, new year. Um, uh, cause it's not like his weapons really got significantly better. Right. Um, uh, but he showed out he balled out, uh, maybe start a little slow, but I mean, he looked pretty good in that second half for sure. If you were watching the game, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he went over 300 yards and he had three touchdowns. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible what happens when you have an offensive coordinator and not a defensive coordinator calling your plays. It's like, Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, get Patricia out of there. Yeah, for sure. But you know, that was, he, he had a really solid game. He had a couple of mistakes in there. They ended up losing, but overall, I was encouraged. I think you know, I like that. If you're if you're somebody who went into the season with like uh, you know with Aaron Rodgers, rest in peace. Uh, you know, he he could be a name you're looking at. He was definitely a king last week, and I think I think he'll be a consistent fantasy player. I don't think he's going to explode like this a lot, but I think he's a good consistent. What do you think? You think he's going to? keep exploding or you think he's going to fall off? What are you thinking with uh, Mac Jones there? So I think um, last week um, or week one, he was uh, the QB two overall. I mean, do I think he can pop for, you know, top five numbers again? Absolutely. Um, But I think more, I would say he would be in line with consistent of just kind of being on that fringe of like that QB, you know, eight to maybe uh, 12 is like his, you know, a good range for him to be consistently. And there's obviously going to be a couple duds in there. But um, as far as him cracking the top five, like how he just did, I mean, I'm I'm not really sure if that's going to be, but I mean, who knows? I mean, it just depends on how the year goes from him. He's in a competitive division where it looks like uh, that division is going to be scoring a lot of points, minus the Jets, if Zach Wilson is still, uh, you know, heading that offense. But with the Bills, they should be putting up points. Um, the Dolphins should definitely be putting up points. Um, so we'll see. Yep, I agree with you. So my king for last week is going to be Tua. Now, he, you know, he was cooking 
the defense last week of the Chargers. And, you know, I think, you know, the thing with Tua is we know he's got the talent. We know he's got the weapons. And last week he showed out, right? But the thing is, is can he stay healthy? You know, we really hope he is, you know, fingers crossed. And if he does, he's going to be solid. Now, he did benefit from a couple things yesterday that were kind of unexplainable. Like, why in the name of God would the Chargers play man defense against the Dolphins? I, I no idea. Brandon Staley is supposed to be like a defensive mastermind, and I'm pretty sure a defensive mastermind should know not to play man coverage against Tyreek Hill. Well, That's, let alone Waddle, too. Those are two speedsters on, on the yeah. outside. Those guys are fast. Yeah, and I mean, that's just, you can't do it, right? And so I, I kind of felt bad for Justin Herbert. You know, you scored 34 points, don't turn the ball over, and you lose. I mean, feel bad for the guy, but at the end, you know, I think two, I think two is going to be consistent. The only question for, I think he's going to be consistently in the top five. I think he's going to have more boom weeks than bus weeks, but you just got to watch out for the health. So if you, if you have two right now, you're feeling really good about life. Well, so and, you'll and think- you got to, you got to think about two things when it comes to Tua, right? So two, two of things, uh, number one, you got to think he put on a lot of muscle and learned how to actually take a hit in the off season. And number two, you also have to consider the fact that Mike McDaniel is a renegade, right? This is a dude that when 99% of the league would have punted with nine seconds left in the second or in the, in the second quarter and decided, you know what, we're going to go for it and end up getting those three points at the end of the half. That was a great reference by uh beep count over there with that, uh, that jujitsu that uh, uh, two is doing. So I definitely like that. Uh, jitsu. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, let's talk about a, a couple of jokers who kind of had some, uh, you know, let's just say dud week ones. Um, once you start us off, PZ, who are you thinking? I mean, it's obvious, and I gave it to you guys in the preseason report, but Josh Allen, right? Now, okay, he was he playing a great defense? Yes, he absolutely was. Was he playing silly, foolish football? Yes, he was. Does he do it all the time? Yeah, he does a lot. I mean, last week, standard scoring, I think he had 11 points. And if you drafted Josh Allen, you if you if you drafted him in a snake draft, you used an early pick for him. If you got him in an auction, you spent a lot of your budget on him. And 11 points, four turnovers, I think he had 236 yards. That's just not going to cut it when you're spending that much capital. Now, is he going to bounce back? Yeah, of course he is. He's going to, I think he has the, you know, I think he's got some really good fantasy games coming up, like week two, week three, week four. He's got the Raiders next, and he should dominate them. But you know what? He should have dominated the the Jets, Not maybe not necessarily from a fantasy perspective, but once Rodgers went out, literally all he had to do to not lose that game was not turn the ball over, and he turned it over four times. So he's this week's QB joker for me. And like I said, when we were talking about it, you know, in the in the preseason, I was like, he's got a lot of tough defenses in his division that he has to play twice each time. So six total. So one of those games already with an 11 pointer, not good. Yeah, that's definitely a, I will definitely uh, back you on that. You saw that. I mean, I think you were a little concerned about uh, um, the turnovers right away from last year and what he averages about two turnovers per game. And honestly, uh, at the rate he was going, I mean, he could have had five turnovers this game. Um, he didn't look good. I mean, I think I think you're right, though. I think consistently he'll be okay. But 
I'm a little worried, especially for uh, the draft capital you potentially spent on him. Um, not so good. Nope. Um, another quarterback that, you know, I, I will bring up that, you know, you stole from me. I have in a couple of leagues, high regards. I just have also high expectations and it turned out to be yeah, a little mediocre, not great, not the worst, but definitely not good. Uh, Justin Fields. So he's going to be my week one joker. Uh, minus the, his running game. I mean, geez, he did not have the air yards. His passing did not look good. His number one wide receiver, DJ Moore, had two targets the entire game. I don't know what the game plan was. I think Bears fans, you know, nationwide were like, oh, let's get rid of this Aaron Rodgers era, Favre era. We're done. We're past that. This is our turn. And then we get blown out. Um, I'm not sure if it was our offensive line uh, or if that was just, you know, little jitters from, you know, Justin Fields. And, you know, is he really a, a good quarterback or is he mainly just kind of like a, a Lamar Jackson 2.0 where he's just a baller runner? But you know, needs to work on that passing and stay there. So for week one, he's kind of my joker for me as far as like the expectations. Um, as far as his year-long season, I think it's a little too early to tell. I am a little worried. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I do think he has the skill set, the schedule to still potentially be uh, within that, you know, top tier, uh, let's just say top six quarterbacks. Yeah. And I so – he he was a joker this week and he was, he was a mild joker right because he didn't he didn't go off as much as he want and you know a lot of i think a lot of it was o line problems and some some really strange play calling issues i'm not, i have him in our league of record right i'm not panicking i'm a little concerned but i'm not panicking i was watching some all 22 you know getting breaking down the film like i do uh, and i you know that he only missed about two or three throws that you would look back and say, Oh, you got to make that. And two to three throws, it can be a big deal as far as like the game result, but in the grand scheme, it was okay. That's, that's fixable. What is more concerning is there were some plays that definitely were not screens that the defensive linemen got there so quickly. I thought they called a screen, right? Like the bears, the bears <laughs> line. I, that's true. Like that's a true statement there. Floor. If you're watching that game. So if they can get, the, they need to get their, their, protection calls figured out because that, that's the only rational explanation is their protection calls were working they must have just messed them up because there's no way that four linemen should get through that quickly on a non-screen that tells me that they're having some communication problems on the o-line or maybe you know maybe justin fields isn't calling out the mic properly i don't know when i say mike the mike linebacker um to set up the protection or maybe the center's not, i don't know who calls it in that offense but that that's what that indicates to me. So maybe, you know, that's something that can be fixed. And I think that, you know, going forward, they're going to target DJ more. So I'm not overly concerned. I still think he's got a lot of upside with some, with those rushing stats that he's going to pile up. Right. He got a lot of rushing yards, but you know, I think, I, I think he's going to be okay. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. Talk to me in three or four weeks, see where he's at. But as of right now, I'm not concerned. Yeah, and, and I agree. I think that's uh, I think it's a little too soon, but um, definitely, uh, like I said in the beginning, not terrible, but also not great as far as the expectations. Yep. All right, let's move to running back, and the king of the week for me is going to be Aaron Jones. Now he got banged up a little bit. Hopefully, he's going to be all right. Hamstring injury at the end. I think I he said he could have gone back in and played if you know the Packers weren't blowing out your Bears, blowing their backs out. Um, but, uh, you know, he did get hurt, so that's something to keep an eye on. But he was, you know, two touchdowns, 
over 150 yards of total uh, rushing and receiving. And, you know, he just looked good, right? Uh, you know, A.J. Dillon wasn't doing much. He was okay, but Aaron Jones, I think, established himself as a true RB1 um, for this season. There was a lot of talk about, oh, he's going to lose. You know, Rodgers is gone. Is he still going to be effective? No, he 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 showed out. He showed out, got in the end zone twice with some with some great plays, and that's my king of the week from the running back position. Yeah, and I, I think uh I think people were kind of you know on the fringe of expecting him to go up um and do what he did. I mean, he he literally always has good games against the Bears. So sucks for me and Bears fans, but for fantasy owners and Packers fans, he's pretty consistently um beating up on the Bears throughout his career. Um, like that pick. As far as uh, a king for me. Um, I'm just going to go with the obvious, you know, I want to go with, you know, a top tier person. Um, I'm going to say Austin Eckler. Most people spent the draft capital. They spent the money. If you got, if you were in a snake draft, he was, you know, top, you would just say top five pick at the very latest. Um, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He had a lot of catches. He had a lot of yards and he had his touchdown. And you know what? That probably could have been even more if he didn't have his little ankle injury. So, I mean, that's kind of teeing it up to, you know, potentially, you know, later on and, you know, who maybe you should consider after him, but he looked good. The Chargers offense looked good. You know, I was expecting, um, I think one of the games we were talking about, we were most excited. I mean, I think we were, we knew that that Chargers, you know, Dolphins game was going to produce a lot of fantasy points, but I thought that we thought a few other games were going to be a little bit more lights out. Um, but Austin Eckler looked good. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that he's definitely a King for the week. And, and I, I think as long as his, his ankle can hold up, I think he's going to be just fine and be a King for the rest of the year league winner for sure. Yeah. You know, if there was a fantasy football hall of fame we, for players, Austin Eckler's there, right? The first ballot hall of famer. If there's a fantasy hall of fame, maybe we can get that, something like that going. Um, I know there's one for like fantasy football writers, but let's, you know, Let's let, let, let's get something going, right? Next to Canton, Ohio, they've got the Football Hall of Fame, Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. Throw Austin Eckler in there with a with a bust, uh, a golden bust, I should say. Yeah, he definitely balled out. I'm a little worried about that ankle tweak because the so the Chargers have an early bye week. So with that early bye week, they might say, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna let him get rested." So we, you know, we don't risk if he has to miss any time. They would definitely err on the side of caution, especially since Josh Kelly looks so good behind him, right? Kelly went off too. Um, so, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. Now he 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 said he's gonna, you know, he said he's feeling fine. He posted uh, something on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. So we'll just keep an eye on that. But he balled out for my running back bust, and man, this one has me worried. Right, DEFCON 1, worried. So Cam Akers got a bunch of touches and not a bunch of yards. Now his fantasy production looks okay because he got a cheap touchdown at the end of the game. So, you know, in our league, he ended up with about 9.5 points. I think it was 9.8. So you're like, okay, well, that's not a terrible game. Well... If you take away that six for that touchdown, that's a terrible game, especially when you consider he got over 20 touches and Kyron Williams was getting a lot of work and he was getting a lot of yards too. It was frustrating as I was watching that game because it was like when Williams was in the game, their line was creating these massive holes. And then when Cam Akers was in the game, 
there were people in the backfield right away. I was like, do they just hate him? Like, are they not blocking for the what's going on? Like, it was frustrating. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it was to watch. I mean, I'm seriously watching the game and there's like a there's a hole that I could run through when Kyron Williams was on the field. And then when uh, and then, you know, when there was uh, when Cam Akers got a run, it was like four guys meeting him at the line of scrimmage or behind the line. I was like, man, what is going on here? So that 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 has me a little worried as somebody who's got some stock in, in Cam Akers. He, like I said, he saved the day with a touchdown late. But man, we could be looking at a, a frustrating running back by committee out there in LA. Right. And uh, I'll, I'll just comment on that for the Joker for the week. I think he might be a Joker for the year based on what I'm hearing and what I saw. Uh, so a little scary there. Um, you just, with all the hype, he kind of was going flying under the radar. He killed it towards the back end of the stretch of last year. Uh, we were kind of projecting and anticipating somewhat of the same workload and he did not look like the better back as far as yes. Um, the holes weren't exactly the same, but he did not look great. Um, I'll talk about my joker for the week. I want to bring this guy up just because of the draft capital. And I did mention, you know, briefly one guy behind him that I was high on. And I would talk about Jameer Gibbs out of Detroit, um, lions, the running back there. Um, he was my joker for the week. He essentially had five points if you're in standard um, leagues. And I mean, he, he only had 10 attempts for 47 yards, which that's a pretty good, you know, yard per carry. And then he had three targets for 27 yards. People who got him, got him in the third round, maybe the fourth, maybe you know, it's going to be in one of those two for sure. And then if it's yep. auction, you were spending money on him because of the hype and you knew the workload was going to be there. So is it going to happen right away? Is he going to stay a joker? Probably not. I think as the year goes on, like when you're in like the middle part of the season, maybe the second half of the season, I think his workload's going to be there. But I was high on David Montgomery. David Montgomery got the workload. He's the experienced back. He got the touchdown. He got the he got the carries. So I mean, I know this team can support two backs, but as far as what people uh, got David Montgomery to where Jameer Gibbs was going, that's a significant difference. Um, so I, I would definitely say, you know, I have a share in Jameer uh, on one of my big money leagues, but I do have a couple shares of uh, Montgomery as well, and you know, he looks good. Yeah, and you know, I think. I think he is a short-term joker, long-term king. I mean, you know, even even their coaches were saying, "Hey, we're going to we're going to ease him in, get him used to the NFL a little bit." And you saw it against Kansas City. He was actually running efficiency uh, efficiently, excuse me, but he he just didn't get a lot of touches. Like he went for like an 18-yard rush and then the next three went to you know, went to the other. So, you know, I I think they were I think that they were really do I think they were just I think that was part of their plan. It was literally his first game and it's in the NFL and they had another running back with Montgomery who they had a lot of belief in. And Montgomery had a pretty good game. You know, he got that touchdown late. He had I think it's 70 74 yards. He was doing he was balling out, but I think towards the end of the year instead of a 70-30 split Montgomery's way, you're going to be looking at a 70-30 split Gibbs's way. So, it might be a good time to try to buy low on Gibbs. I think I think he's going to have a hell of an end of the year. So, Absolutely. I think, yeah, I agree. He's a short-term joker, long-term king. So, 
Awesome. So let's go with uh, let's head over to receivers now. My king, who Calvin Ridley coming back with a bang. I heard that he had himself a uh, plus one fifty for an anytime touchdown. So he won that bet. Hopefully NFL doesn't catch him because he looked good. Now I have a lot of shares in Calvin Ridley, but I was also very nervous about that because I saw Deshaun Watson miss almost two years and he hasn't looked right since Deshaun Watson legitimately has not looked right in the seven games. He's been back. He, Deshaun Watson threw one of those picks yesterday where the only person in the picture was the, was the Cincinnati DB. And it wasn't like a bomb. It was like a 15 yard pass. It's like, where, where were you throwing that? You know, so he's looked off. So my concern with Calvin Ridley, even though I did, I put a lot of shares into him. I was worried that that would have an effect. I was like, it's either going to be a huge boom or a huge bust. And through week one, it's looking very good. Over a hundred yards touchdown. As you like to say, he was peppered with love, bunch of targets. And I think, I think, you know, I think we got something big there with Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And, uh, I agree. And I think some people were a little on the fence. I think he had a, I mean, God, he looked good. And I think that's going to be year round. I think it'll be sustainable. Um, so that's a huge win. I also have him a couple shares. The shares that I do have him, I was able to stack with Trevor Lawrence uh, to get that. So um, I feel pretty good about that pick. Uh, let's also talk about an obvious king, uh, maybe not a top five receiver as far as draft capital and maybe the money spent. Uh, but you and I were both high on him uh, throughout the entire season, preseason. We just knew that he was going to do well. And, you know, he could even have had a bigger game. Let's talk about the sun god, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I have him in our league. He was one of the guys that I was targeting. And you know what? Uh, I'll happily say that he looked good, and the Lions didn't even really score that many points. I thought that that Chiefs-Lions game was going to be a shootout where they were going to be you know, similar as far as points scored to what the Dolphins and the Chargers did. I thought it was going to be you know, at least high 20s each, maybe 30s each. And it was not that. And, and the Sun God got his, and he looked good. So I felt pretty confident um, for that. Um, 71 yards, uh, one touchdown was his um stats and you know he had the targets there i think he had nine targets his way they were looking for him um i think he was a king for the week i think he's going to be a fantasy king uh all year round yeah i think he's he's off to to i think he's going to have a great year i think he's off to a good start i don't know if i'd call him a king especially since i mean just for the integrity of the the podcast and of fantasy football, I'm gonna say the king of the week for wide receivers, Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. I just, you know, we got we got to mention Tyreek going ham out there. But so with the Sun God, it was interesting because they were, you know, he he was he played as a Chiefs fan. I was watching that game and I was nervous, and I thought our defensive backs did a really good job on him. But then I looked up, I was like, oh, he's got 70 yards and a touchdown. Man, it, it, it was just quiet how he did it. He was just picking up, you know, 10 yards here, 15 yards there. And I was like, oh, wow, that that added up. So I think I think he's going to have a very great and a good and efficient season. So I'm with you there. I think he's going to be a, long, a king as well. So that's, um, you know. Honorable mention well. to the cheetah, though. I mean, beast yeah. mode. I, I was going to throw that in there, but 
I, I only have one share of him and, and we didn't uh, really uh, pepper him with a lot of, uh, let's just say, attention on our podcast this year. But we were both high on him. We didn't have really any really concerns. And we knew his draft capital was above Amon Ross St. Brown. Most people spent more money significantly in our draft. I think he went for about uh, $20 more than what I paid for Amon uh, Ross St. Brown. So uh, same thing with as far as snake drafts. I mean, that dude was consistently in like the top six picks. Um, the Sun God was really, sure. you know, if you're doing snake, he was like at, at the, the turn, end of the first round, round or at the turn. Yeah. 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 So for sure. Yep. All right. So that was that's those were our kings with an honorable mention, uh, you know, a necessary mention of Tyreek Hill literally going ham. Um, so now moving on to our jokers. My joker was Mr. T. Higgins with eight receptions, no catches. 0.0 Mr. Blutarski. Uh yeah, it was it was bad. Zero point. I mean, the whole Bengals offense struggled, right? I think, you know, Burrow 82 yards. I know he missed a lot of training camp. And I know, you know, Miles Garrett and that Cleveland D line is solid. But man, they had a rough game. Now I expect it to get better, but that's got me a little concerned for T. Higgins for a couple reasons. One, you know, I think I think we've seen with the moves that they've made with signing Joe Burrow to a fifty-five million dollar a year extension. They know that he uh that Chase is gonna be up next year. He's probably gonna get 31, 32 million. If they were to tag Ty, uh, excuse me, T. Higgins, that would be about twenty-seven, twenty-eight million, and you just can't. That's you can't have those three players making, you know, a hundred and twenty, hundred and fifteen to one hundred twenty million of your cap. It just can't happen. So I think the writing's on the wall that T. Higgins is not going to be in Cleveland next year, and I think that might, you know, that might affect his play. And I think, you know. You know, it's just one of those things that he's he's in a contract year, so he wants to show out. But I think he doesn't want to, you know, start looking more towards Jamar Chase, getting in more targets. I mean, the eight targets he had, I think only four or five of them were deemed catchable. And that's just rough. And I I get it. You know, Joe Burrow didn't play in the preseason. He got hot, uh, excuse me, hurt early on in uh in training camp and he missed a lot of time. And I expect the Bengals to be fine, but T Higgins uh, owner should be a wee bit nervous at the moment. Right. Um, you know, I have a few other jokers that, um, I want to talk about, uh, specifically for week one. Uh, just because I commented, I know I want to make sure that I touch base on DJ Moore, uh, the hype that he had, especially with the one preseason game that he connected with Justin Fields for, for his first catch went for a touchdown. Um, and then this game, he literally gets two targets and uh, not that many yards. Um, and to be honest, if they don't correct that, um, which I think that they should, um, and I think that they will, uh, but he's definitely a joker for me because I had him starting in three lineups in my flex position in two of the leagues. I had him stacked with, with Justin Fields, hoping that like, all right, I'm going to get these double points, you know, kind of similar to how I had Trevor Lawrence and, and, um, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, but he's definitely a joker for me. That's a little personal thing, but w- let's talk about another goose egg just briefly. Um, Drake London. Oh my God. Uh, some people spent Big some money on Drake him London. and, and our league. Time. Uh, I, I think this is the guy who thought he was getting a steal, which no steal at all. 
And what's talked about draft capital as far as ADP, he was usually in like the fourth to fifth round at the latest as well. He was kind of sitting he, there he after was, he was like at the three, four turn in the in the in the snake drafts I saw. And yeah, yeah you're right. And you know, he if if I had Kyle Pitts or Drake London at any type of anywhere around their ADP, it's a five alarm fire right now. Like Oh my god! And then the coaches, the coaches, like, yeah, let the fantasy players worry about stats. I'm worried about wins. It's like, well, you know, it's a good way to get wins, getting your top end first round draft picks targets. Like, I understand you want to be a run first team, and I'm I'm happy for you. Bijan Robinson's beast. Algier played well. Algier was getting more rushing attempts. I understand that, but it's like, my guy, you spent the number four pick on Pitts. And I think they got Drake London. I think he was top 15. I don't remember where he was drafted, but he was definitely in the top 15 picks. And it's like, you know, you don't have to worry about stats. You have to worry about wins. But a good way to win is getting the ball to your playmakers. So right. we'll see how long that goes. But, yeah, that that was a big thing for me. And, you know, another, another joker that we didn't talk about that is an obvious one, as pointed out, to, from our boy beep count is Joe Burrow with his 82 yards. Now, again, I'm I'm giving him a little bit of a pass because he missed all of the preseason and he has a, you know, he did that last year and started off slow and then came on strong, but you know, beep, when beep's right, beep is right. So, when when you out. become the highest paid player in the league and you come out with less than 85 yards, I mean, and no come touchdowns, on. yeah. No. Come hey, on. fair's fair. Fair is fair. And they have three wide receivers, two of them, which are basically on every fantasy team. One of them you can say is on the fringe is on a good percentage of them with Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon's there. So you're expecting him to be, which is say top 10 at the worst. And he looked, uh, yeah, definitely a, a rough game for them, but yeah, good call out on that. Uh, when Zach sure. Wilson has more points in week one than you do, Come on. You, yeah. Fair. On. That's completely fair. All righty. So what we're going to do now is we're going to get into some waiver wire trends that we've been seeing. Uh, we're talking about a couple from each position and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll discuss and get back to you. So uh, beep, you want to start us off with uh, quarterbacks? Yeah. I'm going to give you guys, uh, I think some of the top four for each position in, uh, in the waiver wire category here. And you guys, you know, tell me who you're targeting to come onto your roster. So, number one, we got Derek Carr. I've got Mac Jones, Jordan Love, or Matthew Stafford. So, if I needed a quarterback right now, I'm actually going to go towards, out of those four, I'm going to target, I'm just going to sound maybe a little crazy. I know Colin's not going to like it, but... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look for Jordan Love right now. Is for for that list, it's between Jordan Love and Matthew Stafford for me. But I think Love has a little bit higher upside because I just, you know, he sat for three years learning from Aaron Rodgers. He comes out and he has a huge game, very efficient, and he looked comfortable in the offense. And that's you know, good old line. He was missing his top weapon and still produced. He's going to get Watson back. So I don't need a quarterback in any of my leagues. I'm pretty lucky there. 
So I'm not looking for a quarterback, but that that would be my pick. If I if you know if you had Aaron Rodgers and you didn't have a backup and now you're scrambling, Jordan Love would be a good option. Yeah, Jordan um, Love with 245 yards with three touchdowns, and he's only rostered in about 50 to 55 percent of leagues right now. So yeah, and that's a great call. Colin, what about you? Um, and you know what? I, I will just say briefly, um, I don't hate that pick. I watched that game and he looked he looked like the better quarterback by far. Whoa. So there must be something about Green Bay and just sitting quarterbacks for a couple years and then playing them. It doesn't seem like other people do that, but the fact that they've done that uh, a couple of times, I mean, that was happened with Brett Favre, that happened with Aaron Rodgers under Brett Favre, and then you have Jordan Love under Aaron Rodgers. So the fact that he uh, he did what he did, I mean, he looked pretty good. So if um, if Jordan Love turns into another Hall of Fame level quarterback, we're gonna have to put Collie Dogs on suicide watch. <laughs> yeah, I literally might have to uh, change teams, or uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I got so much money invested in all this marketing and apparel and all this lifelong memories of being let down, but it was pretty uh, depressing. Had a lot of margaritas that day. Um, as far as for both teams for a while. Absolutely. Um, As far as a a quarterback that I would target, uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and target um, Derek Carr. Um, There's just something about the Saints. Um, I think I'm a little, uh, you know, kind of they're slowly, you know, creeping in there as like a solid team. You know, Michael Thomas was non-existent again. Right. But um, Olave, he did good. Uh, their running backs did, didn't even like do that great, but I mean, he did an okay game and I think he's going to improve on that. So if I needed a quarterback to maybe year long, I would probably look for Derek Carr. It definitely a, a streamer on certain matchups too, that you can see some, some points going back and forth, but um, I definitely don't, uh, I, I think that those other plays um, can consistently be, you know, kind of a little bit more boom and bust between Matthew Stafford and Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek Carr uh, sat there and threw 305 yards against the uh, against the Titans. And from what I'm seeing, he's only rostering about 25 to 30 percent of leagues right now. So having him on the roster, that's probably a, a good pickup if you need a quarterback right now. Yep, for sure. And the thing about that is, so I think Olave is looking at like a top five receiver. He was getting open, Carr was hitting him, and you know what? I mean. Say what you want about uh, Michael Thomas. You know, he's been hurt, but I, I was actually encouraged with his week one performance. He was also getting open and getting some passes thrown his way, and those two could be a dangerous combo if he can stay healthy. But Olave, man, it's like I was talking about in the preseason. He gets open, and he gets open quick. And we saw that over and over again this weekend, and Carr seems to already trust him. I was a little annoyed that he didn't have any red zone targets, but he was still getting targeted a lot, so... I think all four of those are good options and it's really, you know, if you're picking him up, it's for one of two reasons. First reason is you have uh, Aaron Rodgers and you're in trouble and you need to go get a quarterback and, you know, please God make, you know, I, I hope on your, for your, for your sanity uh, that you don't have to pr- replace him with Zach Wilson also. Uh, <laughs> but uh you know, or you know, you're you're spooked by the way Gino played, or by the way Justin Fields played. You might be a little spooked about that, and so you're looking to to show up your roster with a solid option. So those are the two reasons you would be going for quarterback right now. And I think you know any of those four guys are going to give you good uh, are good options. 
Right. Well, since, since we're talking about Derek Carr, I'm actually going to pull an audible here, and I'm actually going to go to the wide receivers to talk about the next waiver wire group. So I've got Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, Zay Jones, and then Rashid Shahid, the wide receiver there out of New Orleans. Pookie. Sorry. <laughs> don't be. He looks really good. Um, he was just a little plug and play. Um, I don't think he's going to go unrostered at all. I think he's going to be the number one uh, waiver priority for, I want to say, the majority of the teams, unless you went wide receiver heavy and you're a little thin at running back in certain leagues, then maybe that would be the only time you would go after some of the other people. But I think he'd be the clear uh, number one, which would be uh, Puka. Um, I mean, he was... I mean, he had all his catches, all his targets. I think he's going to ball out just like that while Cooper Cup's gone. And I think when he comes back, he's still going to eat. He maybe he won't get that many targets, but uh, he's definitely going to be for sure consistent. So I think anybody who can grab him, I think if you're not, which is say thin at running back, um, I would say he should be your number one waiver priority. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think the whole fantasy community is is in agreement as far as the Pookster being being uh, the number one wide receiver option on waivers, and you know he he's got three more weeks at minimum without Cooper Cup because because Coop, Cooper's on IR, but that you know it could be a lot more than that, right? Just because he has to be out a minimum four weeks doesn't mean that's not going to go to six or seven. We, we don't know. We, we're not getting a lot of information out on how serious that injury is for Cooper cup. And he filled right into that role. Very easily looked great yesterday. So it's one of those things where, you know, we'll, we'll just have to, you know, I think people are about to spend ridiculous amounts for their, you know, if they have the free agent acquisition budget or, you know, whatever. I think he's obviously going to be the most picked up in leagues, but an under the radar candidate for me is Shahid. He looked really good. Also, he got, he got the touchdown. Uh, he had a touchdown. I should say he was, I was impressed with how he played. And I think that's one of the things where his offense, he, it's going to be dangerous out there. So Shahid was, uh, was very impressive as well. And, you know, like you were saying, Colin, it's one of those things where if Cooper Cup comes back is, you know, how much is the Pookster going to drop off? I don't think he's going to drop off significantly, but there will be a drop off. You know, if you Cooper Cup had that one insane year where he won the Triple Crown, the couple years before that, he was an above average player when it was him and Bobby Trees. You know, when him and Robert Woods were together, they each produced well. So when Cooper Cup comes back, I think it it'll go back to kind of like how that was when Robert Woods was there with Cooper Cup. Instead, it'll be Puka and Cooper Cup type thing. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely, that's a good analysis, and that's why I said I'm I'm a believer. I think he's going to eat year round. He may me not look as good as week one year round, but I, I don't think when Cooper Cup comes back, he's just going to go away for sure. And both of those guys, Puka and uh, uh, Shahid, are are rostered about ten to fifteen percent of leagues right now. Uh, Puka had yeah. yeah, Puka had 119 yards uh, on 10 catches, but his teammate there, Tutu, had 119 yards as well on only six receptions. So he was he was targeted about half the half the time. Um, so that might be another pickup there if Puka gets picked up and you're looking for someone right now. Yeah. Oh, but Puka's getting picked. Like I yeah. will. 
I'd bet my bottom dollar on that. He'll be picked up if you're in a free agent acquisition budget league. I He's going to get an ungodly amount spent on him. I th- I'm excited to see that on Wednesday morning to see what the bids were for him because I think people are about to engage in some reckless spending, especially someone like if you have Garrett Wilson, you're probably going to – I mean, Garrett Wilson's – Value legit drop two rounds in ADP and probably ten percent in auction, right? Like Easily. he, Aaron Rodgers is gone. We, you know, last year without when he was playing with, uh, with Zach Wilson, he was wide receiver forty seven. Without Wilson, he was wide receiver eight. Right. I mean, um, I, I mean, insane. I. So yeah. if, if you if you have Garrett Wilson, go get go get the Pookster. And you know I'm gonna I'm trying to make that nickname stick. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Maybe and I we think can have for a, uh, a Jim Rome Jim Everett moment. And I think for Tutu and Zay Jones, I think they're going to be pretty solid uh, waiver additions too. If you're not in that, you know, first or second or even third option, uh, I'll just briefly touch base on a couple people that uh, were not mentioned that I just want to briefly touch base on. If they're available, one name's probably, you know, not available, but he looks really good is Jacoby Myers. Um, he outperformed um Devontae. Um, I don't think that's gonna be year round, but I do think he's gonna be consistently, you know, startable or flex worthy. Another person that's just, you know, on your radar uh, radar that you should be, you know, keeping track of is Romeo um Gibbs. He looked pretty good uh as well. And then I would also say with my boy. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, uh, you know, stay away from those summer snows. You know, he, he goes, he goes all the way uh, to new England and he looked good. He balled out. Yeah. And I think, uh, Juju may not be the guy. Juju is the guy that was drafted and Kendrick Bourne looked faster. It looked a little better, but, um, yeah, I like where you're going. Good call out. Uh, beep count. One thing I want to touch on real quick is, uh, now Pease, I know that you've mentioned, uh, Deontay Johnson quite a bit in the past couple episodes, him being out, this opens up a lot of targets for the the veteran of 10 years, Allen Robinson. A Rob. What do you think yeah. about that? I man, that was heartbreaking when I saw that. You know, he's doubtful this week, and reports are that Deontay's probably out two or three weeks, which is just brutal because again, he was, you know, even against the San Francisco defense, if you were watching the all 22, he was getting open now the San Francisco defense was giving Kenny Pickett zero time to throw. So his stats don't look that great. But if you're looking, you know, they're not going to play San Francisco every week with those monsters up front that can rush the quarterback like no other. So I was actually very encouraged with my Deontay Johnson takes, but yeah, so now Allen Robinson is going to step in, you know, Pickens gets a bump and then, you know, a Rob gets a bump, but man, I've just been burned by Allen Robinson too often. It's been like four years in a row, People were talking about A-Rob and how he's going to, oh, yeah, you know, he had that one great year and he, he he's done it before. So I am very, I mean, if you're if you're in a pinch and you're like, you know, you're desperate and you want to shoot for the moon, go for it. But, man, I, I, I've been burned too many times, you know. I would, I would, uh, I think all those names that we mentioned, I would take over Allen Robinson, even those ones that, you know, I just briefly brought up, I would, you know, put in, but I would definitely put Allen Robinson uh, on the radar for sure. I don't think I would pick him up right away. Um, but yeah, I do think that's a good, you know, person to keep your eye on um, from the Steelers offense for sure. So we'll see how uh, yeah, that goes. I, 
I personally, I wouldn't waste a waiver priority or any, you know, fab on him. I would see if, you know, if he clears waivers and then get him, you know, as a free agent pickup, just one of those, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'd put a waiver claim in for him and spend that resource. And, you know, after waivers are done, then you can just pick him up as a free agent without changing that. So that could be a good way to play that one. All right, moving on. We're going to go to uh, to running backs here. Now, I know that we have quite a few to talk to, to talk about. I'm going to mention four here, and you guys kind of give me your takes on these. So Kenneth Gainwell, which, by the way, is a phenomenal name for running back, right? <laughs> that's That's got to be top 10 running back names in the history of the league. So Kenneth Gainwell, Kyron Williams, Gus Edwards, or Josh Kelly. Uh, Colin, I'm going to go to you here. Um. So... In one of our leagues and a couple of my leagues, a few people that are seasoned players um, already scooped up Kenneth Gainwell and the draft with like their last pick. So kudos to those guys. But I think he would be my number one waiver target, even though he does have a little injury. He's questionable to play this upcoming Thursday. But I mean, we kind of heard about it before the season started and it looks like, you know, he's going to be the guy. So if I could target him, I would go for him, but because I think he's widely on more teams than those other three names that you just mentioned, because nobody had those guys on their teams. I think, you know, small percentages. I mean, I'm going to go with uh, um, Irene Williams just because, you know, the Cam Akers scare, he didn't look as good and I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think people are a little concerned with the Rams offense. Are they even going to be good this year? I mean, they just put a beat down on Seattle and they were dogs. And they they had the gas on there. He looked good. So if I can say my number one or number two, I would go with Kenneth um, if available. If not, I would go with Kyrene. Well, Kenneth, I mean, he he had 54 rushing yards, four receptions, and 20 yards receiving. Uh, and right now, he's only rushing about 55 to 60% of the league. So that could be that, that pickup, especially if you have, you know, Austin Eckler, right, unsure about, about that leg injury. That might be the one to to pick up. Pease, what do you think? Yeah, so, okay, can you guys see me? I had some technical difficulties on this end. Uh, I don't know what happened, but my camera just stopped working. But I'm back. Uh, yeah, so I, man, Kyron Williams is really making me sad because I have a lot of shares of Cam Akers, and he, lo- he looked better. You know, like I said, it was frustrating because, it you know, maybe it was just my bias, my Cam Akers bias coming through. But it was like, man, every hole for that guy was wide open. He was gaining yards, breaking tackles, looking great while doing it. So yeah, he was definitely he's definitely high on the on the pickup list. Um, as far as Kenneth Gainwell, I don't trust. I, I yeah, you know, like you said, excellent name for fantasy running backs or NFL running backs. But I just I don't trust him to consistently produce. And you know, I think. Honestly, I think DeAndre Swift had better efficiency metrics yesterday. So I think, you know, it might be, he might be a good buy low candidate in a trade with somebody. But, you know, I, it, it, oh man. Now, Joshua Kelly, his production is strictly going to be based on if, um, Eckler. If Eckler, yeah, if Eckler misses time, then he's the guy you want. 
And if, if Eckler misses time, he might miss a few weeks with that high ankle sprain. We'll just have to see. He's played he's played hurt before, but if he misses time, then the obvious answer is Josh Hill. He even looked good yesterday. He looked good yesterday when filling in. But, you know, man, I really I really hope Eckler mans up because that would hurt me if he doesn't. Um, and then Gus Edwards, and I'm also going to throw in Justice Hill because I think Justice Hill is available in more leagues, and he was the guy that was getting the goal line work yesterday after Dobbins, who, man, my heart breaks for Dobbins. That dude just can't catch any breaks with these injuries. I mean, that's like three out of the four years he's been in the league, he's suffered a uh, season-ending injury. So Yeah, he might disappear eventually because he just can't stay up. And and you're right. I think Justice Hill might be on 1% of rosters. Fun fact, I have Justice Hill on my dynasty team because it's a 20-man roster. There's 12 of us. So that's a lot of people, and you have like nobody on the waiver. And I had J.K. Dobbins in my starting. I only had Hill uh, because I had him last year, and and I picked him up because Dobbins was hurt. But and I didn't have Gus. But uh, I would think that that would be the team to to I would just say more of a crapshoot as far as guessing between which week is going to be Gus, which week is going to be Justice, and then you're also hearing that uh, Melvin Gordon Melvin was Gordon. signed back to uh, the practice squad. So. He might get some looks. I think he was put there because he was more expensive than Gus um, and is clearly Justice, too. But Justice is still young. Uh, he had a good college career, and they had a lot of hype. So I would say that that guy would be, you know, the, that Baltimore Ravens would be a little bit harder to project and to guess. Yep. So that's, I mean, I think if I had to rank them, I'd go Kyron Williams. Then I'd go... Uh, Justice Hill, then Gus Justice Hill slash Gus Edwards. Then I'd go uh then I'd go with uh Gainwell and then uh who am I missing? Um Joshua Kelly. Josh Kelly, yeah. Joshua Kelly, because you know, I that's the way I'd rank him, and honestly, I might even switch out um Depending on what happens with Eckler, I might switch those last two. You just got to watch and see. But, you know, you, I, if if you have lost an Eckler, you should be putting a waiver claim in for Joshua Kelly right now. And if it's your free agent budget, you should be spending recklessly for him. I'm talking 30% at least because, you know, if, if you have Eckler, you spent a lot of draft capital for him and you got to protect that investment. And Josh Kelly is the best way to do that. For sure. And most people who, you know, in auction, if they have Eckler, they they spend like 30% of their budget entirely on him. So totally agree with that statement. Yep. We're heading to tight ends here. Uh, we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at four here again. We're going to look at uh, Jake Ferguson from the Cowboys, Hayden Hurst uh, from the Panthers. We got Luke Musgrave and Hunter Henry. Yeah, so I think, you know, and this is, we talked about this a lot. You know, you're, there's a lot of teams out there that are going to be, you know, cycling through tight ends every week. If you don't have Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, who ironically both put up goose eggs this week. Now that's because they didn't play. But, you know, if you don't have one of those two guys, you're going to be sort of cycling through running back, uh, excuse me, tight ends. And the one I think that might be able to consistently produce from that list is going to be Hayden Hurst. You know, he's a veteran. He's on the Panthers. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think he's going to become a bit of a security blanket for uh, 
Bryce for Young, Bryce for Young. sure. Yeah, I think I think he I think he built a lot of trust with Bryce Young. I think he played well. Now his stats didn't jump off the page, but who you know what tight end had stats jump off the page this past week? I I really can't name anybody, right? Nobody from the tight end position really went off. So, you know, I think Hayden Hurst could be a good option to look into uh, from that list. Um, yeah, and I, and I, and I agree. And I think we've always been consistent. Tight end is really just the hardest position. Um, unless you have literally Travis Kelsey, maybe a couple other guys. Uh, I will just throw some shade on Darren Waller because I was super high on him as planting my flag and man, three points. If you're in uh, standard and you got a little bit more, if you were in a half point PPR or PPR, but I was thinking that the giants were going to look better than what they did. And Darren Waller, maybe I was wrong. So I'm going to be looking uh, to pick up one of these guys. The dude that I'm going to target is going to be Hunter Henry. Uh, my boy, uh, Adam rank uh, analyst on NFL.com literally um, before the Thursday night game. Uh, with Travis Kelsey, he made two recommendations and I was thinking about them and I ended up going with one of them, but it turns out he was right. One, he said, if, if, uh, Sam, um, uh, Porta was on your league or Laporta, uh, was available, go grab him. If not, uh, cause he was, you know, drafted more then go get the veteran Hunter Henry. And he was literally spot on for both. And so for me, if I'm struggling for tight end with those names, I'm going to target Hunter Henry. Um, I think uh, he's been on that team for a while. So I, I think that he earns the trust from Bill Belichick. He can also pass block and they run a lot of uh, two tight end sets. So I'm going to go with Hunter Henry for my pick. Well, I tell you what, Colin, you're, you're one of the funniest dudes I know. And it's <laughs> not even intentional. Hey, uh, I'll be here all week. So yeah, tip your waitress. So Colin <laughs> just, just name dropped Adam Rank. Like he was boys when I was literally on the Patrick Pucci podcast with him <laughs> two weeks ago and we're planning in a league together. But hey, he's your boy. I got it. We get it. Uh, Fellow Bears fan, brethren over here. So yeah. I, I've I've got one as as a flyer. Okay. And obviously here, here's a little backstory, right? So I haven't actually watched football in seven years, something like that. Um, but I like a lot of research. I like I like a lot of numbers. Now with the Dolphins, who had the number? Who had the most targets this this past weekend for the Dolphins? That's got to be Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill with fifteen. Who was number two? I feel like it was their tight end. Yeah, Durham Smythe. So Smythe. he is rostered in exactly zero point zero percent of leagues. Um, How many I yards think, did he end up with? Uh, he had uh, three receptions, forty four yards, and. Averaging anywhere between seven and eight points, depending on on your league settings, right? But I think if teams are going to hone in on Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, who is going to be a phenomenal outlet for Tua, it's going to be their tight end, Derrick Smith. Yep. So that might be one to kind of put in the back pocket, you know, just stash away, just see how how it progresses here the next couple of weeks. I know PZ's not a fan of this, but if uh, if you're stacked at certain positions and you look okay there, maybe this might be the year just to uh, uh, carry two tight ends and go off of um, you know playing those matchups. I, I do like what you're saying as far as target share, beep count, good call out. Yeah, I generally don't like that strategy, but it depends on your roster size and you know what your needs are. If you've got if you've got a 16 man roster, then go for it. If you've got 14, that's a lot of 
you know, that's agreed. That's, yeah. <laughs> it tough, really just but... depends on how many, how many roster spots you have. So, I mean, yeah. And you know what I really, but you know, I do like the Sam Laporta that you mentioned earlier. Cause again, I watched, I was watching the chiefs lions all 22 and he looked good. Now I think yeah, he, and I picked him up the day guy. before the game. He was there. Yeah, he's another guy that, you know, I was watching. I was like, well, the Chiefs are actually playing him well. I looked up and he's like, man, this dude is actually getting, he, he he's being efficient, right? He's getting good targets and getting good yards, even though I thought the Chiefs played him well. So, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's it. So I think that's going to, going to wrap this episode of the Fantasy King podcast. Beep Count, I'm going to come to you first. You got any, la- any last thoughts? No, I'm good, actually. All right, I was going to see if you were just going to keep going. Uh, what about you, Collie? Any last thoughts? You know, I cannot talk and uh, end with that note. So I'll say as far as uh, last thoughts is just always be active on the waiver wire. Uh, you definitely got to uh, handcuff some of your stud players because you don't want to cripple at certain uh, positions if that's where you spent your money on or if that's where you focused on if you're in snake draft. So I think it's very important to do what you can. And I honestly think... Um, now might be the time to start teeing up some, uh, potential trade offers is, you know, buying low and, and buying, uh, you know, selling some people high if you can. Yep. So my last thought is if you're doing a fab league, a fantasy, uh, excuse me, a free agent acquisition budget league, my advice to you is go bonkers in week one, which sounds silly, but my rationale is any player that you get in week one you're going to have for the longest period of time. So it doesn't make a lot of sense, in my opinion, to kind of save your money for week 9, 10, 11, when you know, you're only going to have that player for three or four weeks, right? After week one, you're, you know, you're going to have that guy for the rest of the season if he consistently plays. So a guy like the Pookster, you know, like I've been saying, spend recklessly, go out there and get him. I don't, you know, Depending if if you need a wide receiver, I would spend a lot to get him because I think that's the guy you can look at and say, "Hey, I'm going to be able to get him and then play him a lot." I think it's worth it. So, you know, there's no reason. You know, fortune favors the bold. So that's what I'd go with. So don't be cheap and spend money on guys you want right away. Is what you're saying? Yep. You know, baby Billy Biberblockers. You know, don't. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so that's uh, that. That's my advice. We're going to wrap it up. So uh, thanks for tuning in to the Fantasy Humans podcast. And remember, when you're playing fantasy, you play for the crown, baby. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Shout out to Beep for joining us. We'll see you later. Beep count. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fantasy Football Kings. You can always reach out to us on Twitter at FFB underscore Kings or like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.